0: as you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. We are continuing in our sermon series titled Heroes. We are studying some of the heroes of the Old Testament, men and women who are inducted into God's Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. As we continue our study together this morning, God is going to speak to us by the power of His Holy Spirit in us through the teaching of His Holy Word before us What God has to say to us from his word is always best for us and those God places around us and so God wants us to live what we learn from his word this day and this week. These heroes encourage us to walk by faith in God today. We're in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll pick up in verse 32, and what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Yephiah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets. We started our study of Samson last week. We meet Samson, he's one of the final heroes that we meet in uh, God's Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And so if we want to learn more about Samson, we need to turn back to our left, to the Old Testament, because that's where we'll find the story of Samson unfold for us once again this morning. So I want to encourage you now, turn to your left, go to the Old Testament book of Judges. Judges chapter 13 is where we will uh, begin our study uh, of Samson this morning. We'll stay uh, here for the, most of the time, we'll move around a little bit as we make our way through Uh, If you were not here last week, I would encourage you to go online and watch or listen to the service from last Sunday so you can get the background information on the Israelites uh, as it pertains to Samson entering the stage of Scripture. Uh, I did a a history lesson of sorts last week, and so if you weren't here, you may want to watch that this week so you can get the background to what we're going to do this morning. We'll jump right in. Here in Judges 13, in verse 1, the Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines 40 years. The Israelites turned away from God and sinned against God again. And so God disciplined the Israelites by handing them over to the Philistines. The Philistines were rivals of Israel, pagan nation, who often fought against Israel, and so we see Israel's sin against God, their disobedience, came with consequences, uh, just as our sin and disobedience against God comes with consequences today. Continuing with verse 2 and 3, there was a certain man from Zora, from the family of Dan, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren and had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, it is true that you are barren and have no children, but you will conceive and give birth to a son. Again, last week we talked about the fact that Zorah was a town in the territory allotted to the tribe of Dan, and uh, that territory was located in western Palestine, in the western part of the Promised Land. And Zorah was actually a town in Dan that bordered Philistine territory. The Lord sent an angel to Miss Manoah, who was barren, to tell Miss Manoah she was going to conceive and give birth to a son. In verse 24, if you jump ahead, you can see what happens in verse 24. So the woman, Miss Manoah, gave birth to a son and named him Samson. The boy grew and the Lord blessed him. So the son born to Manoah and Miss Manoah was Samson. Here we meet Samson for the first time on the page's of scripture. Back now to verse 4. Now please be careful, the angel said to Miss Manoah, not to drink wine or other alcoholic beverages or to eat anything unclean, for indeed you will conceive and give birth to a son. You must never cut his hair because the boy will be a Nazarite to God from birth and he will begin to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. And so we see the angel of the Lord told Miss Manoah that Samson would be a Nazarite to God from birth and that Samson would save Israel from the power of the Philistines. So we see this background information at this point. Uh, now let's identify some points about Samson. These, uh, Some of these we hit last week, so I'm just going to briefly touch on them, and then we're going to move to the ones that God's going to open to our hearts and minds this morning. We know, number one, Samson was a man of faith in God. We know this because Samson was inducted into God's hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, which, quite honestly, is very encouraging to us today, because Samson's faith in God had many flaws. And we're going to begin to see some of those flaws today. His faith in God was flawed. We know that Samson's second was an Azorite. Samson was separated, consecrated, dedicated to God from birth to fulfill the purposes of God. We know, number three, Samson was a judge of Israel. At the end of verse five, uh, because your boy will be Nazarite to God from birth, and he will begin to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. God's purpose for Samson was to use Samson to deliver, to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. Samson was a judge, a military leader uh, of Israel, as we talked about last week. Fourth point we're going to look at this morning was Samson was blessed by God. Samson was blessed by God. Look at verse 24. So the woman gave birth to a son and named him Samson. The boy grew, and the Lord blessed him. Say that together with me. And the Lord blessed him. God generously and graciously blessed Samson. God's hand was on Samson in a special way for a special purpose. Now let's just identify a few of the ways God blessed Samson real quick. Number one, Samson was blessed to be called by God. Samson was blessed to be called by God. God called and set apart Samson so God could use Samson to fulfill his purposes for Samson and the Israelites. So we know Samson was blessed to be called by God. He was blessed to have the calling of God on his life. Second, Samson was blessed with godly parents. He was blessed with godly parents. Remember, if you look in verse 1, the Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight. So we know and understand the Israelites were living in sin. They were living their way instead of God's way. They were doing what was right in their eyes rather than God's eyes. The Israelites gave into idolatry and immorality. As we see throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites, everyone was doing right in their own eyes. And yet we find that Manoah and Miss Manoah believed God. Manoah and Miss Manoah had faith in God. Look at verse six. Then the woman went and told her husband, after the angel appeared to Miss Manoah, she went to her husband Manoah. Then the woman went and told her husband Manoah, a man of God came to me. He looked like an awe-inspiring angel of God. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. He said to me, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Therefore, do not drink wine or other alcoholic beverages and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite to God from birth until the day of his death. Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, let the man of God you sent come again to us and teach us what we should do for the boy who will be born. Notice, Manoah and Miss Manoah believed That what God said was going to happen through his angel would exactly happen. And Manoah went and prayed to the Lord and said, Would you send the angel back to teach us? And notice what he says, what we should be, what we should do for the boy who will be born who will be born. Look at verse 12. Then Manoah asked the angel of the Lord, when your, God answered the prayer, the angel came back, and then Manoah sa- asked, when your words come true, what will the boy's responsibilities and mission be? So we see here that we we understand that Manoah and this Manoah, look at what Manoah said. When your words come true, not if, when, he asked the angel, when? He asked the Lord, what are we to do when this boy will be born? When your words come true. Manoah and Miss Manoah's faith and believing in God was firm and secure and genuine. Why did Manoah ask these two questions? The answer is simple, because he wanted to make sure he obeyed God. He wanted to make sure that he and his wife obeyed God. They wanted to demonstrate their faith in God by their obedience to God. They were focused on obeying God, doing what God wanted them to do, playing their part, playing their part in God's work in Samson's life. And so we see Samson was truly blessed by God to have godly parents for him to learn from for him to watch, for him to observe, and for him to follow as he grew up. Manoah and Miss Manoah wanting to make sure, wanting to make sure that they walked in obedience to God because they recognized and believed what God said was going to happen to them through the angel, that they would give birth to a son, and this son would be used to save the Israelites from the power of the Philistines. We see number three, Samson was blessed by God with strength from God. Now we'll talk about this more as we make our way through and get to uh, the next chapters, but we know, based on this testimony of Samson, we know that Samson was blessed by God with strength from God. God called Samson to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. That was the purpose that Samson was set apart separated, dedicated to God, to fulfill, to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. God blessed Samson with physical power and courage so that he could fulfill the calling of God, so that he could save and deliver Israel from the power of the Philistines, Understand this, we see here with Samson, we've seen it in other uh, characters throughout God's word, we know it in our lives as well, but it's always good to be reminded, when God calls us to faith, God equips us for faith. When God calls us to faith, God equips us for faith. When God calls us to do something for him, God is going to equip us to do the very thing he's called us to do for him. We see this with Samson. Samson was going to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. So God equipped Samson with great strength and courage to enable him, to allow him to be able to do exactly what God had called him to do. We also see that Samson, the fourth blessing, we see very clearly, Samson was blessed by God with direction from God. He was blessed by God with direction from God. Look in verse 25. In chapter 13, then the spirit of the Lord began to direct him, that being Samson. Then the spirit of the Lord began to direct Samson in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtol. Then the spirit of the Lord, look at that in verse 25. Then the spirit of the Lord began to direct him. God began directing and leading and empowering Samson to do what he had called Samson to do. The Lord blessed him, we read in verse 24. And then the Spirit of the Lord began directing him. So one of the key blessings in Samson's life was direction from God. We know that the people of the Old Testament... And we see this throughout the Old Testament. The people in the Old Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit of God came on people in the Old Testament at a specific time to empower, enable, and help them to fulfill the call that God had on their lives. So the Spirit of the Lord began directing Samson. Why? So that Samson could do exactly what God had called him to do. We know the Holy Spirit of God indwells Christ's followers, We know that the Holy Spirit of God indwells Christ followers from our teaching and instruction in the New Testament after the victory of Jesus over the cross and over the grave and after his ascension into heaven. Once Jesus did what he said he was going to do, he defeated sin and death on the cross of Calvary for you and me. Once he rose again, exactly doing what he said he was going to do, and once he ascended back into heaven doing exactly what he said he was going to do, he told us that he would send the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And therefore, all Christ followers... Receive the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit of God in us at the moment of our salvation. If you're taking notes, you can jot these passages down in John's Gospel, and there are many passages, but real quick, in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, Jesus was talking, and Jesus, right before he was to go to the cross, and he said this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, another of the same kind like Jesus, uh, to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Spirit. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Jesus saying the Holy Spirit will come and be in you. He will dwell in you. He will be your counselor. He will be your encourager. He will be your convictor. He will be your guide as soon as he finished his work here on earth. You look up in verse 26 and Jesus says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name and will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. So we know when God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, God fills us with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live for Jesus. Once God saves us, he seals us. When God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he seals us with the promised Holy Spirit. And so we see here in the Old Testament, we see uh, the Holy Spirit coming on Samson and beginning to direct Samson. God was directing Samson to do what God had called Samson to do. He began directing him to do what he had called Samson to do. And so we see this amazing application of this blessing of God in Samson's life he was called by God blessed to have godly parents especially in this day and time when you consider what was going on in Israel he was strengthened by God he was directed by God and so we see our application from this point number four is simply this we are blessed by God amen Amen. we are blessed by God too we are blessed by God God has generously and graciously blessed you and me. We see this in Ephesians 1 and verse 3 where Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. We have received every spiritual blessing there is to receive from God in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. That's a great point. That's an amazing point of encouragement. Tell your neighbor, we're blessed in Jesus. I mean, we are blessed. We've got to remember that we are a blessed people. We are blessed in Jesus. Listen, last time I checked, every spiritual blessing in the Greek means every spiritual blessing. We have received all of god's blessings by faith in jesus that means god does not hold back any of his blessings from us when we come to faith in christ jesus we have the word of god before us we have the spirit of god in us we have the people of god around us we have the promises of god to us we have the love of god running through us we are blessed we are blessed We are blessed. Say that with me. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed in Jesus. I mean, that's exciting for you and me. Now let's look at our blessings. Like Samson, we are blessed to be called by God. We are blessed to be called by God. We have been called by God to be witnesses for God. Jesus told us this over and over again, specifically Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe and obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I will be with you always. I am with you always till the end of the age. God has called you and I to be witnesses for him. God has called us to go and make disciples of all nations. We are blessed to be called by God. We are also blessed, like Samson, to be strengthened by God. We know in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen now, this is awesome. This is important for us to understand because in this respect, we're just like Samson. God's call on us is impossible for us to fulfill in our wisdom and strength. That is why God places his Holy Spirit in us at the moment of salvation so that we can then fulfill his calling on us. You see, the Holy Spirit strengthens us to be witnesses for God. The Holy Spirit strengthens us to go and make disciples of all nations. The Holy Spirit strengthens us to teach others to obey God and the truth of his word. The Holy Spirit strengthens us to grow in our faith in God. The Holy Spirit strengthens us to live out our faith in God. We are not only called by god but we are strengthened by god and whenever god calls us to step out in faith many times our first response is i can't god and god's response to us is always the same he says i know you can't but i can so we need to understand because this is what samson needed to understand he kind of got it and he kind of didn't get it we are called by god And we are strengthened by God. God doesn't call us and just say, okay, knock yourself out. I hope it goes well for you. It's a tough world out there. But maybe you can make it. I'll just kind of be kicking back here with my refreshments, just watching to see how it turns out. No. God calls us. God has called us in Christ Jesus. He's redeemed us. He's forgiven us. He's purchased us back. And then God also begins to strengthen us by putting his Holy Spirit in us so that we can do exactly what he calls us to do. What kind of God would call us to do something and not give us any help to be able to do it? Not our God. And then we also, like Samson, are blessed by God to be directed by God. We're blessed with direction from God. Listen, God directs our steps, your steps and my steps, day by day by the power of his Holy Spirit in us as we seek God in prayer and in his word. When we need to know the where's and when's and why's and what's and how's of God's calling on our life, all we got to do is ask God. That's all we got to do. God is not playing hide and seek with us. He is not hiding from you or from me. God loves us. God is with us. God is watching over us. God is working in us, around us, and through us to enable us to do what he's called us to do. God's left this word for us. God's opened the hotline for us to talk to him in prayer. As Paul said, for it is God who is working in you to will not act according to his good purposes. What does that mean? It means this. God is the one who is giving us the desire to do his will, first and foremost, because understand, the desire to do God's will does not come from us. It doesn't come from us. The desire to do God's will comes from Almighty God, who's at work in us. And not only does God give us the desire to do his will, but then God gives us the strength to do his will. And so we understand and realize how important it is for us then simply to just obey him and follow him. He is the one at work, giving us the desire and the strength to do his will. Now, we must understand, we must remember that God directs our steps. He directs our steps. He directs your steps and my steps according to his timeline, not ours. And that's kind of where we get into trouble at times. He directs our steps according to his timeline, not ours. So when we are following God by faith and obedience to him, and when he's given us the desire and the strength to do his good purpose, to fulfill his call in our life, when we are following the Lord and when we are in those times where we're waiting for him to reveal his next step for us, when we're waiting for him to lead and guide us to take those next steps of faith when we're facing decisions or whatever the questions may be, We must continue, continue to continue to seek God in prayer. Jesus said, "Ask and it will be given you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be open." He couldn't be more clear than that. We must continue to seek God in His Word. Psalmist said, "Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path." Step by step by step, it's truth. It's lived out in our lives as the Holy Spirit leads us according to this truth. So, as we wait, we are to keep walking with God. We're to keep waiting with God. We are to keep worshiping God and we're to keep watching for God to reveal His steps to us. We are blessed to be called by God. It's His children, it's His witnesses. We're blessed with strength from God to do and fulfill what he's calling us to do. And we're blessed with direction, not only the strength, but then he gives us the direction. All we got to do is follow. And he'll lead us his way. What an amazing God we serve. What an awesome God, amen? What an awesome God. That's why it's so important and it's so, so much of a blessing for us to sing our praises to God as we did this morning just a few minutes ago. To praise the awesome God. Why? Because he calls us and he strengthens us and he directs us and he's with us and he loves us. And we could go on and on and on and on, but I need to get to the fifth point. So the fifth point is this. Samson struggled to obey God. Samson struggled to obey God. And we see the first snapshot of this struggle in obedience In chapter 14, this is good. Hold on tight. You're going to love this. Chapter 14, verse 1. Here we go. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman there. Yeah, you, you got it right. You got it right. Some of you are reading ahead. You got it right. You got it right. All right, let's take it apart. Timnah was a town, a few miles, scholars say four or five, maybe six, a few miles southwest of Zorah. Timnah, at this point in time, obviously if it was that close to Zorah, it was one of those towns that was on the border of Philistine territory and the territory of Dan, and so at times the Philistines were in control of it, at times Dan and the Israelites were in control of it. At this point in time, Timnah was under control of the Philistines. Uh, So we read here, Samson went down to Timnah geographically. And that's true. He went down to Timnah geographically. Know as well, Samson went down to Timnah spiritually as well. He went down spiritually to Timnah. Real quick, we know at this point in the story, we know Samson was called by God to fulfill the purposes of God. We know Samson was a Nazarite to God from birth. We know God's purpose for Samson was to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. We know Samson was blessed by God in amazing ways. We've just identified just a handful of them. Not all of them by any chance, but, but a handful of them. We know the Spirit of the Lord was beginning to direct Samson. That, I mean, we're talking that's, the Lord blessed him, the Spirit of the Lord began to direct him, and now we're in verse 1 of chapter 14. So we know these things about Samson. Yet with all these blessings and benefits, Samson went his way rather than God's way. With all these blessings and benefits, Samson turned and went his way rather than than God's way. I love what Bible scholar, one Bible scholar says. He said this, few men in the Bible exhibit such a contrast of strength and weaknesses. When we think of Samson, we ordinarily think of his strength, but Samson's weaknesses were even more apparent. All these blessings, Samson decides to go his way rather than God's way. What does Samson do? Samson went down into enemy Philistine territory in Timnah. He went down into the enemy Philistine territory in Timnah. There, Samson saw a young Philistine woman in Timnah. He saw this young Philistine woman. Now let's read verse two. Samson went down to Timnah, saw a young Philistine woman there. He went back. And told his father and mother, I have seen a young Philistine woman in Timnah. Now go get her for me as a wife. What a beautiful love story. (laughs) Samson's quite the romantic. I don't know. I mean, this guy's amazing. Wow, what a catch this guy is. Samson. What do we see? Samson saw... A young Philistine woman. Samson saw a young Philistine woman. As far as we know, Samson didn't meet her. Samson didn't talk to her. Samson didn't ask anyone about her. Samson didn't check her social media accounts to make sure she hadn't posted something crazy recently. It was truly lust at first sight for Samson. It was lust at first sight. I saw a woman, go get her. <laughs> I saw a woman, I want her. Marriage, just a little bit of context, marriage in the Old Testament, for the Israelites, was arranged by the parents. Marriage was arranged by the parents, the father obviously playing a key role in uh, the marriage uh, of his children, a practice, by the way, that I am very much in, fa- in favor of today. I think that needs to come back. Definitely needs to come back. I'm, I'm for that, just so you know. <laughs> I'm for that. Um, and so I'll stop there because I'm going to really get beat up after church. Boy, I'm going to pay. Um, so Samson... Knowing this, this is the the background to marriage, Samson tells his parents, remember, his godly parents. Samson was blessed with godly parents. Samson did not ask his parents, Hey, will you guys pray with me? Uh, I think I'd like to begin seeking the Lord in regards to maybe finding a wife. Samson didn't ask his godly parents, would you kind of seek the Lord uh, on my behalf and and let me know, do you think I'm ready uh, to take this step? Uh, Are you seeing enough spiritual growth in me to, to maybe give me your blessing to maybe start thinking and praying about this? No, Samson told his parents, his godly parents, look at this. He said, get her for me as a wife. Not as a date, not for a conversation. Get her for me as a wife, as a wife. Now, let's continue, verse three. But his father and mother said to him, can't you find a young woman among your relatives or among any of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines for a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me because I want her. Yeah, wow. It didn't take long for Samson to turn away from God. It didn't take long for Samson to go headlong into sin. Like the Israelites, remember, we've already covered this, like the Israelites, Samson was doing what was right in his eyes, not the Lord's eyes. And we'll get to this, but let me just give you a heads up now. Isn't it interesting that it will end up being Samson's eyes that will be gouged out by these very Philistines at the end of his life? You see, what was going on here is Samson disobeyed God in his request for a Philistine wife. Samson knew about God's prohibition on the Israelites from intermarrying with the pagan nations around them. We know God had made this clear in the book of Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Joshua. If you just want to listen to Joshua real quick, let me just hear, share what Joshua said before he passed as he was sharing some of his final words with the Israelites in Joshua 23 verses 12 and 13. This is what Joshua said, for if you turn away and cling to the rest of these nations, that means the pagan nations around them remaining among you, and if you intermarry or associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out before you, they will become a snare and a trap for you, a scourge for your sides, and thorns for in your eyes until you disappear from this good land that the Lord your God has given you. God knew, God knew that if his people, the Israelites, intermarried with the pagan nations around them, that his people, the Israelites, would be led away from their worship of him to worship idols. God knew that this marriage, this type of marriage, would not work because God knew his people would be unequally yoked spiritually. And therefore, he set a prohibition against intermarrying with these other countries around them. And we see this throughout the Old Testament. This was God's desire then. And let me just remind you, this is God's desire today. This is God's desire today. Understand and realize God's will and plan for marriage is clear. Christ followers are to marry Christ followers. Why? Because the most important connection and component in marriage, of all the connections and components in marriage, the most important connection and component in marriage is the spiritual one. It's the spiritual one. God understands and knows that marriages where the husband and wife are unequally yoked are going to go through challenges. Is it impossible for God to heal those types of marriages Is it impossible for god to bring the unbelieving spouse to faith in christ absolutely not god's a sovereign god he's in control and he does that on occasion but god's plan is clear a man and a woman who have a faith and trust in jesus christ each the man and the woman have a faith and trust in jesus christ and they come together as husband and wife with almighty god as the center of their marriage because almighty god is the center of their lives It's covenant marriage. God is the most important. That was his plan. He knew it wouldn't work. He understood. Listen, Paul, years and years and years and years later, Paul gave us this very short, brief warning. Remember, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So, teens, let me just encourage you. Tune in for just a moment let me encourage you. The way you keep from marrying folks who aren't believers is you don't date folks who aren't believers. So if you don't date them, you're never going to be tempted to marry them. You, and that's, that's, that's for all of us. Those who are single, those who are blessed by God with singleness right now, hey, we got to get this stuff straight. Because look what happened. I mean, are we surprised at what happened here with the Israelites? No, it was chaos. Remember, they were being ruled by the Philistines. So are we really surprised at what's happened in the day? We shouldn't be. It's chaos today. Are you kidding me? It is absolute chaotic madness today. When it comes to this issue of marriage. And so the reason why God designed marriage the way he did was to bless us because he loves us. It's not to keep anything from us. It's to pour his blessings out to us. Samson disobeyed God in disobeying and disrespecting his parents because we see in verse 3 Samson's parents reminded him of God's prohibition on the Israelites from intermarrying with the pagan nations around them and what do we find we find this Samson was not focused on pleasing God Samson was not focused on pleasing his parents Samson was not even focused on pleasing the young Philistine woman because he didn't care about her he didn't care to know about her at all According to the word, what we know, he didn't even talk to her or spoken to her. Samson was focused on pleasing Samson. Samson was focused on pleasing Samson. And my brothers and sisters, that's what sin does. That's what sin does. You and me in our lives. So, what is our application? Here's our application for point five, real quick. We must obey God. We must obey God. We must obey God. The example of Samson is a stark warning to you and me today. It's a stark warning. And I love Samson. I love this guy. This guy's an amazing guy. He has so many flaws, but he had faith. He's in God's hall of faith. That's encouragement to you and me. Remember, I said that at the very beginning. We're going to get more and more of his encouragement. But we need to understand this warning of Samson. This this example of Samson is a warning to you and me. What do you mean, Pastor? What are you talking about? Let me just share. Understand and realize all the blessings of God does not guarantee we'll obey God. Though we are recipients of every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, that doesn't mean we're going to obey Christ Jesus. Another warning, it doesn't take us long to turn away from God into sin. Another warning that we see here is sin takes us down fast. Sin takes us away from God fast. Hey, listen, 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 please. Sin in one area of our lives opens the door to sin flooding into other areas in our lives. When we make the... when we have this thought or make a statement, you know what, I'm going to let God have all this in my life, but I'm just going to keep this one thing for me. Guess what? That one thing that you're trying to keep for yourself is the foothold the enemy wants to destroy your life and to make your, the foothold you're allowing him into a stronghold. It's a warning, a reminder of this simple truth. No matter how good, please, please listen. Samson, he missed this. No matter how good the bait of sin may look. No matter how good that bait of sin may look, there's always a hook. There's always a hook. And it's going to catch you as a child of God, as it caught Samson. Our responsibility is to follow God by faith and obedience to God. Our responsibility is just to simply obey God to seek his will, not our will, to do what's right in his eyes, not our eyes, to follow his ways, not our ways. You see, God knows what's best for us. God wants what's best for us. God does what's best for us, which we see and understand as we obey him. We see it, we get it, we understand it, we live it, we walk it as we obey him. As we obey God, we We'll be blessed by God. As we obey God, we will be strengthened by God. As we obey God, we will be directed by God to live his way so that we can fulfill his purposes for our lives, which are best for us and all those God places around us. God leads. We follow step by step, day by day, moment by moment. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team's going to come and lead us in this time of invitation.